What's up, fam? This is JJ. It's another mini so Friday. Dude, these things just come out of nowhere, and I hope they're one of the highlights of your week. I hope you can just listen to it on your Friday. You know, if anything, I hope that it challenges you for the weekend ahead in case you have that hinge date tonight, that time alone tomorrow, or whatever you're doing this weekend. I hope that these episodes are a little bit challenging before you go into your weekend and and you, you know, make the decisions that you will make. But this season has been super fun. I only ask is that if you guys enjoyed this episode today or the feedback from the other ones on Sticky Eyes and all these other amazing episodes that we've done that I've hoped and prayed have served you well, would you guys just leave a five-star review? That would mean the world to Kate and I. You guys, I don't know what happened, but as soon as I started saying, hey guys, my DMs are open, what, what happened? I got floods of DMs. You guys have been really, really kind with your feedback. So again, my DMs are open. You guys go ahead. I mean, I'm I'm telling you anything, anything. Send me a question. I'm more than happy to respond. I really want you guys to know that I support you and love you. And I don't want this just to be me getting on a, a, a microphone and telling you what to do. I'm here for you guys on a personal level. Okay, I really, really do mean that. Uh, but if you guys would be so kind, if you guys enjoy this, if you guys like these episodes, please leave a five-star review. That's the best thing you could do for us. And other than that, I, I really do sincerely hope that every episode, you guys, whatever age you are, can send it to another guy in your life and say, hey, this guy is saying some things that I've been a little nervous to talk about, but since he's being transparent and vulnerable, I want to be transparent and vulnerable. I want to be a man of God not a boy of God. And I want to grow. I don't want to be stagnant anymore. And I don't want to leave these conversations to to chance. I want to own them going in. So that's the intention. I hope you guys do that. I mean, I really like I make all these episodes as in I wish I could have had this when I was 27 and single. I wish I could have had this when I was 22 and single. I wish you could have had this if I was 34 and single and struggling with these things. So I hope they're encouraging. I hope they also challenge you to level up as a man. You know what we say around here, men don't need to be shamed into growing. They need to be encouraged and shown into growing. So that's what we're talking about today. Hey, this one today is a little bit gender neutral. So I'm sure we're going to have some women sneaking in here. But hey, if you are a woman, just know that this episode is crafted for the men specifically. But I'm sure you guys are here to glean all your insights and takeaways. You're more than welcome to listen in. But I'm going to speak specific to men. And when I say something like that, based off last week's episode, which is are men more visually wired, there is a tendency for men and our weaknesses to go on dating apps and do some things and practice some things that are not good for us. So that's kind of the foundation of today. In my DMs, I actually, you know, speaking of the women and the lovely women of Heart of Dating, you guys are in my DMs asking me questions. I really appreciate it. Um, this was a great question. Like, here's the thing, men, we're talking a lot about pornography use, a lot about lust, a lot about these issues and challenges. And one of the more frequent questions I get is, Hey, and it's from women and it goes like this, Hey, and this is verbatim what I got. I've been dating my boyfriend now for three months, four months, five months. He loves Jesus. He challenges me in so many awesome ways. He really does pursue me like no other man has before, but he just confessed something the other night. And I'm like, I can tell you exactly what they're going to say. They say, 
I had assumed and hopefully assumed that he was over pornography, but he recently confessed that he has been struggling with it still in the relationship or he was struggling with it until we started dating exclusively and has it and has not used it since. And that is a really, really tough predicament for both parties because, you know, for the women, I would just say really quickly for them and what I told her, I just said, hey, listen, you know, this is a very serious issue. And ideally, you know, when it comes to something like this, this is a habit. This is a battle that us men have to take seriously in singleness. And it's one of the best indicators. It's one of the best litmus tests is if you're ready to date. And I would just bluntly ask you, well, do you still struggle ongoingly with pornography? And if your answer is yes, then I would just say, especially from personal experience, hey, it's just, it's not a good idea for you to date right now. It's not. And until you take this seriously enough to really get great help, to have consistent victory, I would just say it's not wise for you to date. And there's a couple reasons why, but, you know, I'll pause right there and then I'll just say to the women, like, I think from here and for relationships, when this is brought up, I know it's incredibly vulnerable and I'm really, really proud of men when they share this. I know it's hard. I know it's full of shame. And I just, I have nothing but compassion for this conversation. Like I wish if there's one thing I could tell that man, especially if you're listening today, it's, hey, I love you and we have got to beat this together. Like we can do this You can do this. Christ has paved the way for us to be victorious here. I know the shame you're feeling. I know the condemnation you're feeling. I know how it's just dragging down, numbing your soul, plaguing you, following you everywhere you go. So I I have compassion. Let's get a plan together to take this seriously. And as far as dating relationships, well, whether you've been dating for a month or you're engaged, I just like, it just depends. I, I, for myself, I equate to looking at pornography and masturbation as cheating. I really do because that was Jesus's definition. If you lust in your heart, then you've committed adultery in your heart. And if you've committed adultery in your heart, maybe there's less external consequences, but that's the biggest folly we can fall into is grading sin based on the external consequence which the whole point of what Jesus taught is it's not the consequence of the physical external reality is not the point. The consequence is the internal and spiritual reality of falling short and sinning. And that is the sin that God cannot associate himself with. And that's how we should view sin. The ramification of pornography and masturbation is not just a practical, logical, relational level of external relationships. It's that massive internal failure of self and glorifying God and using something he designed against him. And so I would just say right there, you know, is the good opportunity to just like, I think it's got to be all bets are off. We have to pause the relationship. I don't care how young, how juvenile, how mature the relationship is. If this comes to surface, it's a compassionate yet firm conversation that, hey, this is going on pause because I cannot move a step forward until I see a bona fide plan and change here 
And until that happens, like I just I can't associate it because here's my question to you. If if you do equate it to cheating, <laughs> what world are you are you saying, okay, well you cheated on me and I understand and I have compassion for you. Um, do you want to just like let me know how you feel? I know you're obviously feeling really ashamed and beat up. Um do you want to just come back to me in a week and let me know how you feel and maybe talk to a couple of your guy friends? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that would not happen. The conversation would very much not look like that. It would definitely be like a life or death situation, you know, and, and you would have a serious decision on your hand about forgiveness and what the plan is to rebuild trust moving forward. Okay. When trust is compromised here, it's a really, really big deal. So that's what I would say there. Um, guys, keep the questions coming. We're going to go ahead and jump into the episode today. I'm going to go ahead and skip since that took a little bit of a while. Seriously, the one thing I have not heard feedback on though is if you guys enjoy the DMs part and if you guys enjoy the what I'm loving, I don't want to aimlessly be talking to the wall right here. So you guys just let me know. I'm happy to share things in my life that I've really enjoyed Okay, so here we go. On dating apps, this is such a fun episode. I love this question, and it is so, so popular. If I had to give you guys a statistic right now, off the top of my head, I think before COVID, 40% of couples met on dating apps was the statistic, and that was before COVID. If I really had to guess, these are hard because you don't get these numbers until a couple years later. In 2023, if I had to guess, I would say it's probably about over half of couples are meeting on dating apps. Now, that probably changes for Christian couples, I would say. And then the other thing I would say, what's funny about dating apps is two things. One, I'm seeing a swing back to like a huge desire to meet in person. Like there's always been frustration with dating apps, but I feel like there's kind of been like a tidal wave growing of just like dating app fatigue that's been building for years now and there's just like so much desire for just meeting people in person that they're just way over dating apps which I totally understand if you're on them for years and years with no success you would want a new system and the second one is I've seen a huge desire to meet in person as a consequence of that fatigue like I just mentioned so when it comes to dating apps I think they're here to stay for sure but the degree of which we use them, I think we're still kind of trying to figure out because it's they've finally hit a point of maturity now. I think they're struggling to grow. You see that. And I think like Bumble is basically almost all pay to play uh, from recently what, what I heard. And they're trying to figure out, hey, how can we show revenue for our stock prices without the tons of growth that we used to experience year over year? So they've really matured. And that's it. So on dating apps... In every way, I want you guys from now on to think about them as one thing. Okay, we love to demonize. We love to spiritualize. You know, the re- the reality is that with anything in life, we can really cut it down to one question. Does this glorify God? Does using this, does partaking in this, does smoking this, does drinking this, does this in any kind of capacity glorify God? Or can I use this in any kind of capacity to glorify God? Alcohol, wonderful example. Last night, I had wine and fellowship at the table with people who are very close to my life. We talked about God. We talked about marriage. We talked about relationship. I think entirely in every sense, in that capacity, 
the wine complemented the experience and we totally glorified God in that experience. It was incredibly edifying. And I think you're going to find that as a pretty common answer in practice by far and away nowadays. Now, when it comes to dating apps, that's that's exactly the question. Can I use this? And when I do use it, is there a way that it glorifies God? And I would say there's absolutely a way you, you, you can use it to glorify God. And there is absolutely a very, very easy way to misuse it and not glorify God. But the dating app itself is not evil. The dating app in itself is not holy in itself. The dating app is just a dating app. And when you guys think about a dating app, here is the analogy. You ready? <laughs> you guys are going to laugh, but I, I'm serious. I've, I've thought about this for years, and this is the best <laughs> This is the best one I've come up with. You guys are either going to hate me for this one or you're going to laugh at it. So dating apps... My analogy here is they're a buffet in every way, and here's six reasons why. Number one, it's just a venue. It's just a venue. A dating app, when you think about a dating app, it is just a venue to meet people, okay? Now, obviously, what we're going to talk about in every dating app is they're known for different things. Number two, they are venues, and they also have stigmas, like they are known for different things. If you think about buffets, there's different kinds of genres. There's buffets where you're going to smash <laughs> some barbecue, Korean barbecue. You're going to be in there like the Fogo de Chao, Texas de Brazil. You're there for one thing, one thing only, okay? Like if you don't get the meat sweats by the end of that buffet, like you did not get your money's worth. And then there's buffets that are are known for a little bit more fine food. You know, there's sushi buffets. There's there's buffets where you can get steak and ribs and, and nicer, you know, you get the gist here. There's pasta buffets. There's a variety of venues where you go. And when you choose that buffet, the majority of the people there going they know what they're going there for, okay? So just hold on with me. Number three, what you get there dictates the experience. You can go to any buffet and they're gonna have a they're gonna have a lot of what they offer and they're gonna have if it's an unhealthy buffet, like they are going like golden corral, like when you go there, <laughs> they're gonna have a lot of unhealthy food. They're gonna have some healthy food, but what you get there dictates the experience, okay? And number four at a buffet, if you're not careful, and kind of the whole reason why you go there or a dating app is it's really easy to engorge yourself. It listen, and that's why I like it. <laughs> that's why I like the real life human buffets. Is if you're not careful, if you don't have a plan, it's really, really, really easy to gorge yourself, to not have self-control and just let loose. Okay. That's why you have to be very, very careful. Dating app, same thing. It's so easy to engorge ourselves. It's like incredibly addictive. It's so addictive to just go on there and engorge myself and just looking at women. And number five, it it can be successful. Like I can go to almost any buffet. I can eat well. I can adhere to my diet and I can be successful. Does that make the buffet for everybody? No, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. So dating apps, they can be successful. A dating app can be successful. Doesn't make it for everybody. No, there's some people who just 
they can't adhere to the responsibility of doing a dating app well. There's some people who just don't even desire to be on a dating app. So can it be successful? Yes. Is it for everyone? Absolutely not. So number six, they're popular and buffets are always going to be around and they're here to stay. Okay. So if you don't like buffets, that's okay, but they are popular and they always will be. Like, I don't think you're going to get very far trying to shut down buffets. Dating apps, like they are very much here to stay. They're going to they're going to be popular and they're only going to remain popular in the future and moving forward. So the six ways that dating apps and buffets are very similar. Number one, they're just a venue for you to meet people. Number two, every buffet, every dating app is known for something in particular. Number three, what you do on the dating app and what you get at the buffet, you know, that kind of dictates the experience Number four, it's really easy to gorge yourself. Number five, it can be successful. It just doesn't make it for everyone. And number six, they're popular and they kind of always will be okay. So that's okay. Here's my favorite part. I feel like when you think about it as buffets in this way, well, you can really get nitty gritty and use the stereotypes. Every buffet is known for something. (laughs) Every dating app is known for something. So every buffet, this part was kind of fun. You guys do this on your own. I'm going to give you guys two or three seconds, and then you you think of the buffet that comes to mind, and I'll give you mine. So the first one, most popular one, by far and away, Tinder, okay? What buffet in your mind is Tinder? Okay, three, two, one. For me, it's the King China Buffet. <laughs> King China Buffet. I mean, like, if you didn't have a King China Buffet in your neighborhood or suburb, like, I don't know where you grew up. King China Buffet, like, you go there, there's dim sums, there's quick noodles, there's fried rice, there's stir fry, there's the classic crab cheese rangoons, okay? (laughs) Can't, like, when you go to the King Chinese Buffet, (laughs) there's only one thing on your mind, for the most part, (laughs) I'm about to go ham on some fried rice, some wontons, and some dumplings, okay? Nobody goes to a King China buffet looking for a quality, healthy, nice meal that fits their caloric deficit in their, in, in their macros, okay? Tinder's the same thing. Like, if we're being really honest, like, that venue, people are there for one thing, and it's to hook up. Like, sure, do people find spouses and partners there? Absolutely. But as Christians, if we're being really honest, like, this is not the buffet as far as looking for a really healthy quality diet that fits. I don't think the King China buffet is quite there. Now, how does it work for select people? Sure. But is that the buffet that we want to find ourselves at for a healthy diet, you know, that really fits with the quality matches that we're looking for? Absolutely not. And go try it yourself. But listen, like use with heavy discretion because everyone there is there for one purpose. And you're going to be swiping and seeing pictures that are just going to be soft porn the entire experience. I can just, I didn't even try Tinder, but I've seen plenty of screenshots and I don't even need to. Number two is Bumble. Number two is Bumble. Now, I would say for me, Bumble, the buffet that comes to mind is probably like a classic American buffet. Classic American buffet. You guys might have a better one. I thought about sushi, but mm, no. A traditional American buffet has french fries, fried chicken, 
not just steak. They got the classic chicken fried steak, mac and cheese, roast turkey, and gravy. They have a salad bar, but it's pretty disgusting. Like, for some reason, that salad at that American buffet is like, it's extra cold and crispy, and it's it doesn't really feel like real salad. The, the tomatoes are so cold, and the ranch is like the most classic ranch. I don't mind that ranch, but... It's like the most classic little petite salad. And then it's like mashed potatoes, turkey, mac and cheese, country fried steak. Like <laughs> these are very popular, I feel like, amongst the older folk and the baby boomers. But that This is Golden Corral and its finest. I'm sure there's some nicer ones. Like if you go stay in Vegas, they have nice ones there. But the same point here, like you can easily go find a healthy meal on Bumble. But the majority there is like to engorge, have a great time, hook up. Like you might get a relationship, you might not. It's kind of like a 50-50 shot. Definitely though, a little bit different from Tinder. And then number three is Hinge. So Hinge is funny. Personally, for a non-Christian dating app, Hinge was my favorite. I think I equate this to a brunch buffet. Like they got various sorts of breads. They have really, really nice butters, margarines, jams, honeys. There's like really obscure nut nougat creams, like not just sausage, but chicken sausage, turkey sausage, cheeses, egg dishes. They got oatmeal. They got like the nice, you know, Quaker oat uh, kind of oatmeal and uh, cereals. They got dairy. They got my favorite, which is the waffles. Like the point here is that Hinge actually has lots of quality matches. I know lots of Christians, like legit true Christians who use Hinge and they love it. Uh, And what's funny about Hinge is if you're not careful, though, I would just say with discretion, absolutely. There's lots of attractive people, lots of people here who, if you engorge yourself, can very quickly get out of hand. So if if you decide to go on a Hinge or maybe an equivalent is Coffee Meets Bagel, Again, like I just think it's a good venue. It's got a lot of good quality options like what we're looking for. But again, easy to engorge. Lots of unhealthy things. You know, the cinnamon rolls that if we're going in with no sugar, those cinnamon rolls are going to look awfully good. Okay. If you go into Hinge and you don't filter by Christian, like you're just going to be looking at women who are very attractive and who are not Christian. And then all of a sudden you're kind of talking to yourself and just find, well, maybe they forgot to put it on there. Maybe they just forgot to talk about God on their profile. Okay, see how quickly that kind of spirals out of control? Okay, number four, what I have here is honestly two of our favorites, Holy App and Salt. And for me, I just think like these are like exactly what you're looking for. If you're going out to eat, there's not really all-you-can-eat salad buffets, but there's definitely like all-you-can-eat a la carte sweet greens, chipotle. Like if you're trying to uh, stick to a healthy diet, like sweet green is a perfect example. You are going there. Sure, there are maybe some kind of combinations that are really easy to kind of tip the scale, make it a not healthy meal. But by far and away, that is a venue, exactly what you're looking for, really known for something in particular, healthy quality ingredients and meals, healthy quality Christian matches. Like you don't have to maybe quite filter as much as you had to on the other ones. Everyone there is there for the same, like they're known for something in particular. Everyone is going there to date, hopefully in a godly, healthy way towards marriage. Okay. 
Like it's not there. The purpose is not for hookups. The purpose is not there for people to engorge themselves. Like there's a very, very, very niche, unique, purposeful approach and venue to that app. It's pretty successful. It's oftentimes successful for the people who use it, not for everyone. And, you know, I think these are getting more and more popular. And I just can't speak of these. I wish Christians collectively could all just decide, like, you know, the secular apps we might use, but like, let's just make sure if we're going to use a dating app, like, let's use Holy, let's use Salt, like, let's get the legwork out of the way and not even have to filter through these, you know, secular matches and just date Christians and really make sure that I'm giving myself an opportunity to meet Christians who I normally might not meet. And so with dating apps and using them as a Christian, here's what I would just say. You got to set up rules for engagement. Here are your three rules for engagement. If you're a Christian using a dating app, here's what I would just say to you. Number one, with great temptation comes great responsibility and wisdom. For example, it's really hard to stare in person and check someone out, evaluate them, and really go there in your mind. On a dating app, you can visualize and stare and go anywhere in your mind. It's not just, you know, IG. You are going in and looking at people who you know are single. You are in a disposition to evaluate physical attraction and if we're being honest, it's it's really hard and challenging as a man to go on there and just keep it to a simple evaluation. And that's where I'm like, when you're, and even then I would just say, men, like if I, if I even had to challenge you to go above and beyond, when you go into the dating app, what, what are you looking for? Like, is it, do you just start at physical attraction? And if they don't pass your AB binary tests, you swipe without it reading a single word on their profile. <laughs> so I would just, you know, if you even wanted to listen to this and go above and beyond, I would just say, man, like, I would just challenge you to look at prompts and look at character first through their profile and then go to physical attraction, no matter what she looks like, challenge yourself to go in that order. Okay. You don't have to swipe on everyone. But that's what I would just challenge you. But like, depending on the buffet you go to, if you go to that Chinese buffet, there's going to be, this is what I call window shopping. If you go on Tinder, if you go on Bumble and as you escalate to Hinge or Coffee Meets Bagel, whatever it is, window shopping is this. I love sneakers. I love sneakers. If I had unlimited money, I would probably have a thousand pairs of shoes all kinds of Jordans. I have knockoff sneakers of the sneakers I love because I'm not about to pay $1,000 and I can get them for $70 from China. Okay, I have done that. I'm not proud of it, but I'm being honest with you guys. <laughs> what I like to do, I like to scroll Instagram. I like to scroll StockX. I like to scroll the Goat app, the Nike app. I love to look at shoes that I have no business buying. That is window shopping. When you're on Tinder, when you're at the Chinese buffet, okay, when you're on Bumble and you're not filtering anything, you are going through and you're setting yourself up to window shop and look at women you have no business looking at who are going to do nothing but tempt you to visualize and fantasize. Like that's the reality of Tinder is <laughs> you are just setting yourself up for very much a lack of success, I think. 
Like if I go to the King Chinese buffet and I, and I know my goal is to eat healthy, I am setting myself up for a lack of success, okay? Those cream trees, crab rangoons are going to be calling my name, okay? And it's going to be really hard to say no. So that's what I would just say. Number one, with great temptation comes great responsibility and wisdom. Number two, if you're going to use dating apps as a Christian man, set yourself up for success. Like set yourself up for success with systems accountability. So not just the dating app that you're going to, you know, we're going to go to a sweet green, we're going to go to a brunch buffet, like we're kind of filtering out on the front end where we're going. And number two, regardless of the dating app, holy salt hinge doesn't matter. Just know that you're going into tempting territory. Like I know I'm going to be challenged and you are, and I was. So set yourself up for success Like if you know you're going to date, especially if it's like from Hinge, where the Christian filter, like here's what, if we're being honest, we don't know. We don't know how Christian they are. We don't know their character. Like it is just a religious checkbox on a Hinge profile. And we might have seen one prompt that alluded to a relationship with God. But other than that, we don't know what we're dealing with. So set yourself up for success if you're going to go out on a date. Listen, I'll be completely honest. I went on on dates with people from these dating apps and it wasn't clear and it was so easy to date in a silo, make out, ghost, act like a complete fool and nobody knew. Nobody knew. And I was not transparent. I was not vulnerable. I we call it submarining. It's like when you have friends community and you just submarine. You go underneath the surface. Nobody's going to know. So set yourself up for success. And again, you know, on that same thing, these are incredibly addictive. Dating apps are incredibly addictive, not just for the temptation to lust and evaluate, but the they're like a major, major, massive power source for some people for like validation for heartstrings. Like I call heartstrings. Imagine you have like little rings around your finger with strings coming out of them. What are those like dolls? Like, is it a quartet doll? I just sounded like a big dummy right there. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's a quartet puppet. Anyway, and you're just tugging on those heartstrings whenever you're feeling down, whenever you're feeling sad, whenever you're feeling a little depressed, you just tug on those heartstrings. Just tug. I got validation. I got intimacy. I got emotional infatuation. I got attention. Let me just tug and pull. And I think that's like, whether it's Instagram or dating apps, it's really, really easy to go into these places seeking that boost for self-confidence, the attention. So that's where I'm just, again, set yourself up for success, address this on the way in. Okay. And if you guys hear the dogs in the background, I'm really sorry about that. I, (laughs) they're just wanting to get involved in this episode because they agree. Okay. And number three, Speaking of dogs and dating apps, yeah, that's your other indicator. If your dog has seven aunts and moms and dog moms and cousins because you've been bringing so many women home, that's a big indicator for you right there, okay? At least wait for a couple days to introduce them to the dog. Poor dog's so confused. There's so many parents running around and moms running around. There you go. Number three, here's my last one. All right, this one's good. Hey, keep expectations extremely low. If you go onto the dating apps you guys have a lot of success or you don't like, first of all, just keep 
your expectations so low, super low of the other person, super low of their obligation to respond to you, super low in the chances that it will work out. I have a number for you guys and you're not going to like it. The chances of your matches ending up in a first date is this. Here's here's the number that it's not going to land. If you have 10 matches, 80% of those are not even going to end up on a first date. 80%. 10 matches and 80% you're not even going to get to a first date with. Of those remaining, you're going to go on a date with those 20% and you you may or may not even go on a second date. So it's kind of hard. And here's another guarantee. You're, you're going to get ghosted. If you expect to go on there and have an amazing experience every single time, like you're kind of in for a rude awakening. So you guys have probably figured that out by now. So just expectations, holding it super loosely, super low. You're not going to get just rejected. You're going to get stone cold ghosted. It's going to be rough at times, but it can also still be very rewarding and it can really work. And so that's my, my, that's my thing on dating apps. I hope it's helpful. I hope that buffet actually made a lot of sense. And, and, you know, it's all that to say, if we're being really honest, like there's, there's great dating apps. And then there's some that people are going for one thing. And it's those, those cream cheese crab rangoons that do not fit in the diet. So don't tempt yourself in case you can tell I'm a, I'm a total sucker for those things, but I, and I know they're disgusting. Okay. You don't need to shame me. All right. Don't, don't rain on my parade over here. I know I haven't had them in I think 15 years. So I probably really built them up in my head. If I had to have one today, I'm like scared. It's kind of like meeting a hero. Like, you know, it's going to let you down. So you're just like, let it just be. Don't touch it. Don't ruin it. So I hope you guys had a good time today. I love you all so much. DMs are open. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.